Out of the swamp and into the treehouse, this is Captain Brunch. <laughs> Kim, standing around wondering what to say. It's October 14th, episode 39, Saturday Night Lit. One day we'll choreograph our intro, Chimp. I mean, unless you just want to do the entire intro, because if you shove a ton of things at the beginning, it just, it feels, there's no back and forth. It's just you talking, you know? Yeah, but I feel if I don't put it all in there, you're not going to, you're not going to put it in there. Well, I'll put it in there. <laughs> I, I, I put it in this time. It was put in. It's yeah, there. it was put in because I deliberately didn't put it in and, and you noticed, you felt the lack. Uh, this is episode 39, October 14th, and we are past our first anniversary we are lit live and in Miami. Happy post anniversary, chimp. Happy post anniversary, chimp. <laughs> so today I, uh, I I drove to the DMV to renew my driver's license. Oh, it's been a very long time, and uh, you got a new picture. Well, so the way it goes is that sometimes you can renew your driver's license online, but the one I had didn't have the real, real ID, ID, the little gold so star. I had to go in person, but you know, I work during the week. And so Holy shit. You haven't gotten your ID in a long time. Cause real ID has been around for a very long time, very long at time, at least 10 so. years. So the place opened at eight o'clock and I figured getting there at seven 30 would be early enough to, when did your license expire? It expires at the end of the year. Oh, okay, making sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, as if it's been a long time or something, right? <laughs> You've been no, driving I, I got this like convenient little letter in the mail from the government. They're like, yeah, your crap is dead, bro. So come in and f- fix it. So, Stop touching your mic. Uh, well, you know, you're taking a picture of me, so I'm trying to like position it properly. So, you know. It was fine where it was. Yeah. Gosh. So, anyway, so tell me about your ID story. Well, what happened was, like I said, it, op- it opened at eight o'clock. <laughs> it opened at eight o'clock and I got there at seven 30, but there was already like so many people waiting outside this DMV that I decided not to go today. I'm going to go next week. I'm going to go like at six 30 in the morning instead of seven 30. These are the best pictures by the way. And, um, and to see those pictures, you would have to uh, join our Telegram chat. So if you're seeing this in the future, I don't know, I guess you can boost and ask. For or just to, scroll up and see yeah, it. <laughs> something like that. Uh, so I'll go next week, but on the way back, I stopped by this place called... Um, wait, wait called, so I, was, I stopped listening. So <laughs> you went to the DMV and what? And nothing. There was just so many people standing outside this DMV that Which I decided... Which one? The one on Pembroke. Pembroke. No, go to the one on 79th. It's, op- it's not open on Saturday. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so... I'm going to try to go next week. I'm going to go at like 630 in the morning and I'll just listen to podcasts until they open. Valid. But I would rather go early in the morning than like go earlier and be able to get served earlier rather than show up at like eight and then get out at like 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and Hannah the reason says, I don't just get an appointment is because <laughs> around here, it, the appointments are like months later. And, yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, I work during the week, so I'm not trying to like take time off work just to go renew my license. Like I, I'm off Saturday morning. So, you know, I got nothing better to do. I, all I do is listen to podcasts in my free time anyway. So let me just go to the DMV on a Saturday and listen to podcasts until they, you know, update my license. Doesn't it seem like reasonable to you? No. What would you do? Would I you get an appointment? 
What? I go to work. You'd not go to work. Ugh. I don't know. I want the money too much. I guess the one on 79th and like 32nd Ave. It's huge, but you gotta go early, early, early. They don't. They don't take Saturday appointments, or there's no Saturday appointments like available for a long time. For a long time. I mean, there's no appointments available. I think in general for a long time. Question is, how long have you known that your license was gonna be expiring soon? It's not expiring soon. It's expiring in December. Like it's expiring That's in, two in two and a half months from now. So I'm not like stressed out about this. Like it's, you know, and I don't know why you're getting like me anxious. Like, why are you anxious over my renewing my license? Like, How are you going to go to work with an expired license? It's expired again in two and a half months. And so next I'm just, week, I'm looking out for you, man. Next week. I don't want to see you on, on the cover on the 20th Saturday night week on the 21st. Excuse me. I will be there early in the morning. And then I, as I was mentioning it, you know, before you admitted that you were not paying attention to me, I went to this place called Dairies. Like it's, it's somewhere in Hollywood on Pembroke near Broward college South, but it's like a cool little like diner kind of place. And I've eaten there before. just wanted to mention that. So how, how you do what? It just reminds me of my DMV story. If you recall, <laughs> you're like, why are we going back to the DMV? <laughs> you know, it's okay. <laughs> Brunch is facers right now. God <laughs> damn it. I want to get past the DMV shit. No, no. Let's talk about the, your, your DMV story. I, I, you have to bring it back to me because I can't, I can't remember it at the moment. Well, that's not really so much a story, but I had my license renewed. If you recall, there was a period of time in my life between, I don't know, what, like 2017 and 20, or 2016 and 2018. I had a bunch of shit on my face. I had this weird sort of like rosacea kind of thing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I don't know what it was, where it came from. I'd never have any, had anything something like that. Something in your diet, probably. Anyways. So I did keto uh-huh. and completely changed my diet. It never went away. Uh huh. But well, it obviously has gone away. It has gone away. What ended up doing it was this, this cream called different but it took several weeks of that like a few months and then also I, at one point i started putting coconut oil on my face and i stopped using different and it went away so i don't know what it was some sort of bacterial infection something the weirdest fucking thing my license had to get renewed during that time oh god <laughs> so, so i went from my picture of my fro from when i was you know a kid yeah i remember that picture 18 to now like nasty ass face oh, in my God. life. So now I want to get it renewed again. <laughs> That's my story. Thank you. Well, I'm going from like a picture of me, super, super clean shaven, which I guess next week I'll have like a beard and a mustache. So, um, I'll go from like, a oh yeah, I remember your picture. Kind of like a baby faced captain brunch to a more matured and adulted, Working class Captain brunch. brunch. <laughs> Working class brunch. So, um, so you've uploaded some recent episodes, I hear. Yeah, there was a dump. I hear from you. There was a dump this uh, half an hour ago. A, a massive dump? A massive dump. Four episodes. Four episodes. Cool. So that's, um, let's see, that was uh, Bitcoin Bay last week. We had... No, no, no. Last week was Stranded with oh, Alana. Alana Mediavia. Mm-hmm. And then before that was Bitcoin Bay with Wes and Carly. Mm-hmm. And then before that. We got their invitations, by the way. Oh, yeah. To the 
to the Satoshi soiree. I'll see if I can afford that. Very cool. <laughs> I love the little Bitcoin um, bead they use to, to seal it. On a Sunday at 7 p.m. So like theoretically, I could race from brunch to there. Do it. No excuse. We'll see. There's lots of excuses. I've got lots of excuses. I mean, with the money you're saving by not getting a MetaQuest 3, <laughs> you can go to... It's to $500 that I'm saving. There you um, go. But that's the money I'm going to use to go to El Salvador. But that's so. a deal right there. <laughs> that's a deal. Um, but before that, it was uh, our last episode at... What's that oh, we were at uh, Bitcoin Grove. Bitcoin Grove with and Roz. Then, and then we had Eastside Tony, didn't we? Or was no, that, that was the one before. Before, before. So the oh, one before, before that before. was the Dreamcast episode. I'm calling the Dreamcast episode. On oh, that was just us two? We didn't mm -hmm. have a guest that episode? I got to stop getting so lit on Saturdays. I'd remember the content a little better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would help if I posted the episodes every week. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, life goes on. But so, the, you know, the episodes are uploaded. So, um... You know, uh, modern podcast apps. That means that we've got 38 up episodes up mm -hmm. right now. And this is 39, you said, right? Correct. Cool. So That's three times, three times 13. And yesterday was Friday the 13th. So there's, um, I feel like something special going on. So how'd you spend your global day of jihad? Global day of G what the, f what does that mean? Exactly what it means. I don't know what that means. I think we had a cyber attack at the financial institution I work for. What? Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's out of left field. Like I, I'm just hearing about this. So you work at some financial institution, a major one, and there was like a an attack. Like, tell me the nature of this attack. Suddenly, cards weren't working. Um, I mean, this kind of stuff does happen, but very rarely. But it just happened to be on the same day. It only lasts like an hour, but our systems were kind of down. The same day as what? The Global Day of Jihad. The Are hell is Global Day of Jihad? I am, but I'm listening to you and you're not making any <laughs> sense. Uh, Panda coming in with the quick fingers on the memes. Uh, Chimp uploaded a picture of me doing the podcast and Panda put uh, Joe Biden sniffing my hair. <laughs> Very intimate picture me and the, the first man well thankfully there was no major violence around here but um there has been many cops everywhere we've always got major violence around here it's uh well you know directed towards Jews. nothing out of the ordinary we didn't have anything out of the ordinary um so obviously you're talking about and then wow you're jumping way ahead on my notes here well it's not like you show me the notes <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about israel palestine am i uh, obviously, I'm I mean, about what, the, the global day of jihad. First global day, October 13th. What? I'm so confused, Panda. Like, oh, Panda posted a meme in the Telegram chat saying, October 13th, 2023, worst global day of jihad ever. And then Chimp starts talking about it and just throws me off for a loop. All right, take the reins. Where are you going with this? I'm not going anywhere. I was, what, what was I talking about? Uh, I was, I mean, I was being happy about the new episodes that had been uploaded and that's all I was, I was happy about. Did you want to say something about this global jihad? That's apparently disappointed. No, I was talking about everyone. The, 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 the cyber attacks. What I believe was a cyber attack. And so why do you think it was a cyber attack? Mm. As opposed to just your systems fucking up. I think, uh, cause our CEO did come out with a statement. And it was, 
it was, I mean, supportive of, of Israel, but it, it, like he explicitly said, you know, like, I'm like, I, I don't want to take sides. Um, and it's funny because he actually came to our, our, our office, to our, our, our building here. The CEO mm-hmm. of he, like your global financial institution. Yeah. He, 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 he had happened to be coming. Like he was in the neighborhood. Right. <laughs> to visit your building. And it's funny because somebody, because it was like a, a Q&A and somebody was actually kind of egging him on to like, what's oh. your personal take on it? Oh my God. And he was like, well, I, you know, my personal take, you guys are all responsible for So I'm not going to say anything really, to be honest, but I don't know. It was, it was just interesting. And so, I mean, so you, like, do you think there was some connection between that and the conflict of Israel-Palestine? Yeah, I think it's very easy for someone with a lot of money to just pay some hacker group to like disrupt the systems for an hour or two. And then why do you think that your systems were disrupted by hackers? I mean, is that something that he said, that the CEO said? No, it's just my crazy mind. Your crazy mind. It happened <laughs> once at uh, when I worked at a mattress firm. It just happened to be on a very busy, um, a very busy day. And I, I swear it was our competitors. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, it's the easiest thing to do. Pay some some group to like mess up everyone else's computer systems that we rely so much on. Yeah, but you also have to then expect the customers to be so annoyed that instead of like... Oh, they were. Coming back the next day, <laughs> they go to your competitor and then go through the whole sales process again. No, but it disrupts a lot of potential money that could have been made. Yeah. Or, you know, even if those customers stay with you, like now you're rushing to like get all the orders in, the delivery. Maybe you have to make a concession of some kind. Right. It's, it's, and it throws everyone off their game because like we're, we're focusing on sales, 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 or we're focusing on servicing, servicing, whatever. And then now everything's falling apart and you're like, shit, <laughs> I can't do my job. Mm-hmm. So it's a mind game. Mind games. So, um, you know, Muslims use credit cards too. Do they? I feel like, uh, credit is against, well, at least credit cards, like in, isn't interest against the law, like against Sharia law? It's 2023, man. (laughs) Okay. We don't have to have this discussion about like, what is a real religious person versus a cultural religious person? Well, I I think we talked about this cultural identity versus religious before on the podcast, like, um, how like old traditions, you know, particularly around, not necessarily around religions, but at least uh, particularly in, in, in religions, they tend to become more progressive over time. And by progressive, I mean like not as tied to the old ways, still with the old ways in mind, but like changing to adapt to the norms now. Like, yeah, I mean, I closer to the mic, closer to the mic. I feel you mm-hmm. at the same time. Oh, yeah. So I forgot to tell my story. So um, from uh, two weeks ago. So I was jogging in the area. And as you know, brunch, because you live in North Miami Beach, um, we have a big Jewish community here across the, um, not even, uh, it's more situated around the canal. So especially on, on the weekends, Friday nights on Saturdays, you have a lot of Jewish families walking around and everything and they have their um, Shabbat. So anyway, it was Saturday morning, I'm jogging 
And then these two Jewish girls come up to me. And I'm like, huh? What the hell? So I take off my headphones and they're like, I'm sorry. Um, so it's, um, it's our Saturday and um, the fridge stopped working. Oh my God. But we have another fridge. Could you please plug it in? And it didn't immediately hit me. I'm like, sure, I can go plug in a fridge for you. And then, like, oh yeah, I didn't no. realize why. Oh, you, you didn't understand <laughs> why they were asking you to do it as opposed to themselves doing it. Yeah, I'm jogging, listening to music. I'm like, what the hell? So, yeah, see, that's one of those things where it's like, that's but, that you know you guys are being kind of shifty and uh but obviously there was like some rabbi somewhere along the lines that was like oh you know what if you get the goys to do it for you it's okay actually i mean it, it was it was endearing because you know like i followed them back Is to the house endearing because i walked in and there's like it's 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 like an old family like like two very old people sitting around with with the young little kids uh -huh. you know like, yeah it's a family it's a bunch of people who are like passing their sin off on you <laughs> so, so, so this is why this comes up because it's like it's 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 not practical like oh yeah sure you have your beliefs you want to stick to your traditions that's cool but it's just not fucking practical you can't you know your fridge is out what are you gonna do you're gonna let everything spoil you know it's just i mean i get it yeah like 500 years ago but well things have certainly changed and we have changed our like let's say our day-to-day -day expectations of our lives, you know, of like how we live our lives, the way we would preserve or maintain our food in the past was different. And I think we had to have different considerations. Like we had more food uh, that was prepared and preserved in a way maybe to last months. And, and now we have like a lot of our food is just perishable you know, it's like everything in the fridge, right? If your fridge goes out for enough hours, everything goes bad. It's all going to like just fill with bacteria and mold and, you know, other life forms will grow. And it's good for your stomach. And it's not good for your stomach. It'll make you sick. You might hallucinate, vomit. You might have fine. diarrhea or constipation. Fine. It might kill you. A lot of bad things can happen if you eat bad food, poisoning, you know? So, um, I think about those kinds of things sometimes just how it's interesting. Cause I was going through, um, Texas Slim's newsletter, like his email newsletter. Cause I'm like way behind and he sends this newsletter, I guess once a week. So I'm reading from like months ago, trying to catch up and, a lot of that newsletter, because Texas Slim founded the Beef Initiative, is about food consciousness. It's about where the food comes from, how we take care of the food, and how we, um, you know, the, the idea that humans have traditions and practices that go back hundreds, if not thousands of years. And to some extent, some of these practices still exist, and they they have served us in the past. They've served us in times when we didn't have all of this technology, but it, w but it was still uh, useful enough, these practices to sustain ourselves. So, right, it's a reason why we keep certain tra traditions because they made sense at some point. Yep. I don't remember what the hell I was getting off on. Oh, I'm, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Do not remember. So in a few weeks, I uh, got the Bitcoin Vortex coming up. Do you know about WeKeep? Petan, Wiki Petan. No, what is Wiki Petan? Just a little slice of the internet. Uh oh, has been as a uh oh. It's like a, it's like a 
a manga um, maid, hotel maid. It's like a, it's like she's supposed to re- represent Wikipedia, but you know, in your Moe fashion. This, like is, a, this is like an unofficial mascot of Wikipedia. It's apparently like from 20, 2006. I had no idea. And she has two sisters, Commons 10 and WikiQuote. Wow. I can only imagine the <laughs> fanfics now. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, the internet. I love it. <laughs> okay. So that's interesting. So like these anthropomorphized uh, little manga girls, which are, you know. Just, Coaching users. Yeah. Just hilarious humans being odd because you just imagine like these avatars and it, it makes me think of the stories about the man who marries a cartoon and just the idea that we when we create a character to represent some kind of like an already abstract concept and it's really weird because now we are we're anthropomorphizing we're giving human characteristics and then we sometimes have the tendency of, of taking these things too seriously and like well, I mean, really believing that they're beings. Isn't that what like part of mythology is that gods, different gods, thunder, you know, wind, war. And then we have all these stories about the lives that they have and their drop, their personal drama. <laughs> it's like, where do we come up with all this crap? Like we're just sitting around trying to explain the insanity of reality. And we're like, Oh, and you know, Hera was really jealous of uh, any woman that Zeus was uh, talking to. She would curse them sometimes. Just a big mirror. Yeah, that's for sure. You don't get charged interest until after 30 days. So maybe it's halal if you pay it off before the interest starts hitting. Yeah, but I'm saying I feel like it's not halal to be particip- anyways I'm, I'm i'm not i'm no spokesman for <laughs> thank islam you, <laughs> thank you art for that insight i'm no spokesman for islam um i was gonna say that the, the bitcoin vortex is happening in two weeks and then so is the fort lauderdale international boat show and i'm gonna and i can get free tickets <laughs> to that because of my apprenticeship so that's really annoying because i don't really want to take off work uh but I might have to. That might be the only way that I can go to the boat show, or I might not, just not go to the boat show. Just don't. What's the point of going to the boat show? Um, you know, meeting people, uh, getting my name and my face out there. Um, I can get some hours for class credit. <laughs> it's one of the reasons. Not that I necessarily need those hours. Um, and you know, since this is my current chosen industry, um. It's just enter- entertaining to see the different uh, companies, different products, different like upcoming things that are coming out. But uh, since I did mention my current industry, so to speak, I did want to also talk about a little bit about the Bitcoin nonprofit kind of idea that I've been toying with lately. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were talking before on the Bitcoin Bay episode about um, Bitcoin Brunch poss- possibly becoming a nonprofit. Yeah, well, so I don't, so I don't think Bitcoin Brunch is going to become a nonprofit. But I think what I'm trying to do is I'm going to try to start a Bitcoin education nonprofit, and and then Bitcoin Brunch could just theoretically be um, supported by it. Although it's not specifically for Bitcoin Brunch, um, it's just a, it's a lot more general than that because Bitcoin Brunch itself doesn't really need anything, but. Um, a part of it is that, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. 
a panda like just like okay so stop reacting you got to get into our chat rooms because they're just funny sometimes like during the show that you just see some funny stuff coming into the chat room so i've spent you know over 500 hours at this point it's like you know what's uh 600 hours i guess at this point why are you tapping your hands because it's comforting it's so distracting. <laughs> I love, like, that's what I do. I, I need to have some sort of rhythm going, like, taka, 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 Can't you do it in a place where I can't see it so this doesn't, like, confuse me? Chip <laughs> <laughs> is just sitting there tapping his fingers like a little autist. Feels good. Okay, so I put over 600 hours into hosting this meetup, and I've written, like, 60-something, you know, short little essay argument dot things about Bitcoin mm. and about money that you have and yet to publish that I, yeah, that I have yet to publish. Um, <laughs> but so I don't know. I feel like d- despite having sort of this full time alternative life, like a, let's say, what, what do you call it? My secret identity, right? So it's, it's almost like Bitcoin is my secret identity or no, 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 no. Like my daytime. I don't know. You know, that, that dual, that dual life thing. Um, so I think, in a way, maybe the idea of doing the nonprofit is to help me make Bitcoin less of this like extracurricular activity. And then maybe for a little while, helping me make it more of a focused, like goal oriented effort. Um, so um, I mean, less Dr. Jekyll, more Mr. Hyde. Well, yeah, maybe for a little while. Like I've been thinking about it a lot lately. It's just kind of con- consuming a lot of my thoughts. Um, Cause I keep thinking about where am I going to find the time for it? So I guess part of the idea or part of what I've been thinking about lately is the possibility of seeing if I can somehow raise enough money to for some period of time, I don't know, six months or maybe a year, like be a full time Bitcoin, like educator, promulgator, proponent person. You could be like a self-help guy, but for Bitcoin. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I was coming up with like a list of different things that the organization could do and like not even including the stuff, like let's say not including Bitcoin brunch, but you know, the idea of the event that I'm currently calling time chain vortex. Um, So, you know, like a big annual event that's sort of exploring uh, different communities that are working to promote Bitcoin education. Um. You know, I've been talking about doing a Bitcoin 101 at least once a month at Bitcoin Grove. So, I mean, so theoretically, Bitcoin Grove would be the home of this uh, nonprofit organization. And then that would give us a space in which to do, like, let's say a monthly um, Bitcoin 101. But if I had the nonprofit organization, and maybe we could do like two Bitcoin 101s a month. And then one of them could be a generic Bitcoin 101 for people who don't know anything about Bitcoin. But then the other idea I have is to do one that's kind of a little more focused on an industry or, you know, just a certain type of person or a certain interest so that people can kind of explore Bitcoin or its possible impact in a certain industry. Um, So like maybe it's gig workers. Um, You know, we've we've had Natalia on the show and I'm sure we'll have her again. Um, in the near future, uh, she does the lightning markets at Bitcoin brunch and she's the one who organizes different, 
market vending events where the vendors are accepting Bitcoin. Um, so, you know, like there's a lot of different kind of, and, and then what are the other events? Um, there was a few other things on my list. I can't really remember them at the time at the moment, but, um, you know, I, I'm doing all this stuff of my own like interest. And obviously like regardless of whether or not I make this nonprofit and regardless of whether or not I do this time chain vortex, I'm still writing these essays. I haven't been able to get them out once a week, but that's a part of the problem, right? Like a part, we're not, I'm not going to say a problem, but perhaps forming the nonprofit is a potential solution to my issue of not having the time to be able to produce an essay once a week. <clears throat> and I think the essays, you know, like not to toot my own horn so much, but I think that they are interesting. I think they are worthwhile. They're, some of them are provocative. They're argumentative. So, you know, I think if I can produce this book and I absolutely plan to publish like a PDF version of the final thing freely online or maybe other file types, whatever, but, you know, I would love to sell maybe not sell, but maybe pre-sell or, or do some kind of a limited run of like a hard copy of the book, but whatever. So, you know, those, that's my thinking right now about the nonprofit organization and um, like the time chain vortex. This is, uh, it's going to be a lot easier to do that. If I could, let's say if I wanted to do that in March, if I could have the whole month of February off, not off, but if I could dedicate the month of February to trying to put that event on rather than, you know, cause like if I'm done with my apprenticeship, I could theoretically move on to other things with my life for a little while. And I would, and I want, I really want to make this event work. And, um, you know, like the idea is to try to highlight Bitcoin communities and it's going to be a lot easier if I could try to raise some kind of money, if I had maybe some more resources, some more infrastructure to be able to host that event, as opposed to trying to like get all the people participating in the event, like let's say the pleb, so to speak, to finance the whole thing. That's maybe a kind of a high bar to reach, but I don't know. We're going to see, I'm just throwing things out there and I am trying to, uh, I'm trying to dream, right? I'm trying to like hope for interesting things to come in my life <laughs> as a, as a result of my interest and passion for Bitcoin. I like it. It sounds good. You, you could start doing, um, uh, like a, like a fundraising thing to like try and push that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like once the, once the, the organization is finalized, which might take a little bit longer than I was hoping, but I'm just so busy, right. That I don't really have time to focus on maybe what kind of little changes I want to make to the bylaws, to this organization, to make it different from uh, Bitcoin Bay, because I, you know, the more I think about it, I really kind of do want to use this as an opportunity to uh, reinforce or accelerate in Roz's words about Bitcoin Grove accelerate like my own efforts that I'm already doing it, with Bitcoin, because if I can accelerate them, then I'm going to amplify the effect. I'm going to amplify the reach. And then, um, they are going to, you know, like the essays, the reason why I write them is to encourage people to learn more about Bitcoin through thinking like critically about different aspects of how money affects our lives. And I think right now it's the perfect time to go ahead and be successful 
with something like that versus, you know, I mean, maybe 20 years in the future, but. Mm -hmm. I remember another thing uh, is that if I could, if I could run like a full-time um, nonprofit organization, I could do a daily show. That would be kind of cool. A daily online show. Um, as, and, and that way we can kind of collect, I mean, we can connect with the global audience. Um, and, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I have to decide like how many people do I want there to be on the board of directors? Um, I think, the, you know, the board of directors, I, I, you know, the Bitcoin Bay, they required their board of directors each to, to pay a million sats a year, which is like not a tremendous amount of money, but it's, you know, it's a commitment. It's like saying, you know, okay, I am, I'm investing uh, some of my money into this. And then it's like that, you know, you have to voluntarily be a member of the board of directors and then you have to pay. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of funny. So, uh, but, but if you value something, right? Like if you, if you believe in Miami as a Bitcoin community, and if you believe in uh, Bitcoin culture and education about Bitcoin, um, then this is really where I think there's an opportunity. Um, you know, like I already mentioned earlier, Bitcoin Grove would would be the at least to start with would be the home of this. But like Bitcoin Grove is, you know, it's a it's a Bitcoin accelerator, like a Bitcoin community accelerator. So if they can accelerate me into uh, starting the Bitcoin community center that I've been thinking about for a couple of years now, or for a few years, I suppose at this point, which is like less about maybe people becoming members and more about there being this permanent space that the public can kind of interact with in a more transient sense. Um, whatever the, the sky is the limit and yeah, the time is now. And then once you have enough sats, you can buy that yacht and sail around the world. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to buy the yacht. Maybe it would be a group of people. Maybe it'll be like some uh, Dow, so to speak. Um, so I got this email, you know, I've been uh, trying to, I don't know, like reassess some of the patterns of my behavior in my life. And I got this email from LastPass and about, you know, my re renewal for LastPass Pro Still waiting on you to, to <laughs> put that start nine to use. Well, to, to come, it's to come. But uh, so like, I guess September 9th, my last pass is going to renew. So I've decided that I'm going to finally quit last pass and I'm going to, you know, switch over to some other, you know, like open source uh, password management solution. And I think the one that I'm going to switch to is called key pass, if I recall correctly. And so a project that's going to be upcoming in my near future is to sit, sit there and change the path, like all my passwords and then input these new passwords or, or get these new passwords generated from this service key pass. Um, I think it's key pass. I'm not certain, but, uh, so, but which is the one you would have on your start nine? Um, I believe the one on start nine is called vault warden, There you go. but, um, key pass has gotten better, better reviews. So, um, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going to, you know, I don't know what I'm going to update. I'm going to try to get this guy, Chris Gouda, who works at start nine. I hope he still works at start nine to come on the show. Um, so it's, it's, so it's being hosted on your local file system. Yeah. But okay. I think it's like, it, but, but you host it on like every system, right? So like your phone hosts one version. It's like, just like LastPass, gotcha. I think, except it's open source. 
Yeah. So that'll be an interesting little experience for me to go through. Um, I have, um, I have a Noster update. I'm listening. So I've almost caught up with all the Noster podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is what you plan on doing finalizing when you're waiting for your license. So um, let's see. I've got like one episode of Bitcoin takeover podcast featuring this guy named Michael Booman. I guess he built Albi or he's a part of the Albi team. Oh, cool. And then aside from that, there is, let's see, there's an episode of no strings. Okay. Let me download that. That's two days old. So what do you find so interesting about Noster? What? How do you not know what I find so interesting about Noster? Um, to me, and then there's this podcast called Thank God for Noster. And, you know, it's like two Christian guys sitting there, like going back and forth between being like religious Christians and then being freedom fighters, which, you know, I guess in some contexts is the same, is the same thing. Um, to me, the, the, the most interesting potential for Noster is the idea that all of our, all of our like uh, virtual systems of communication could theoretically be cross compatible and that all of these different walled gardens that currently exist could, uh, you know, like the walls could be t torn down. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, email or hosting services or uh, social media. There's, I mean, to me, the applications are endless because it's about Noster is a protocol. So it's just creating a set of agreed upon or like consensual standards for communicating, but what you communicate is up to you. And so just to, to, I've, I'm very passionate about the idea of like, us c controlling our identities. So in, in the Noster or in the Bitcoin world, you know, you generate these private keys, you generate a private key and then a public key. And these, it's the, a fascinating aspect of these current, like contemporary technologies is that you do not generate really these keys. You don't, you know, you don't trigger something in the network to say, I exist. Like it's really your first transaction is your like Genesis on the blockchain, so to speak, or in, let's say in Noster, the first post that you make, um, is your Genesis or maybe like when you log in or, you know, to, a. it's because. So how do you personally use Noster now? I don't come on. <laughs> Haven't you been paying attention? I don't use Noster. It's so early. Like I might not be using Noster for a few years. In fact, the, what, one of the conclusions is of, of my being able to catch up on the Noster podcast is that I think they're entering a bear market, whatever the hell that means. Um, you know, so interest and engagement, that's that term that the fucking VCs love to use. Like engagement has dropped. Yeah, it's I'm sure of off, it. Right. I'm sure of it. But it's It'll, a good time for innovation. Yeah. So, you know, this will be a time of some churn and some creative destruction and maybe something interesting will come out of it. We will see. Um, but to me, you know, so controlling your own identity, um, <clears throat> you know, eventually, theoretically, 
uh, decentralized identity will arise maybe from these practices or from these technologies. We're not quite at that point yet, but um, just the idea that, okay, you pick, let's say you pick, right? I think that's the real accurate way of saying you're picking a private key because all these numbers already exist and you're just picking one of these numbers. And it's just that the numbers are so uh, large that the chances of any two people picking the same private key are like near impossible. And that's why we use these, these practices. Um, and so like I used to use Facebook, I used to use MySpace, I used to use LiveJournal. I've there are many different services, communications services that I've used over the years. Um, so many that I don't use anymore. And I was recently reminded I still had a live journal. <laughs> yeah, my, I think my it's, live journal still exists. I never it, deleted it. Sent it sent me an email. I'm like, oh my god, you're still there. Delete, uh -huh. delete, delete. <laughs> um. And so imagine if instead of, instead of all of that content just disappearing or um, sitting in these kind of like uh, antiquated museums, right? Like MySpace is still there. So it's, it's kind of like this weird attic that's just growing cobwebs. Um, so instead of that, which is the current reality, I can imagine this world where Instead, all of our data is, we, we can kind of carry our data or keep our data. Like we could download our data and then we could bring it to a new platform or we can, in the context of Nostr, we can like take it from one, um, we take it from one relay and then we could mirror it to another relay and then we could be consuming it from one client and then maybe a new client comes along that's more advanced or is more interesting or has better ways of organizing or presenting or whatever the excuse is for why you would want to use a different client in the future but all of your content can still be there it's like if you're if you're using the same relay if you haven't been kicked off that relay and you're simply switching to a new client then all of your tweets, all of your Facebook posts, all of your MySpace posts, all of your live journal posts, like all of those things should still be there. And that's to me why I'm so passionate about Nostr because I think it's just, it's going to allow um, a continuity and archival utility because we're going to be able to search these things. Um, whereas I feel like now, you know, you, you can't really search, um, like, yeah, you can go to your live journal and then you could search your live journal, so to speak, if it still existed. But, you know, you'd have to remember that you were even on live journal, right? Like, but maybe seven, eight, nine, ten clients in the future, you're not going to remember what client you were using in 2023, but you'll be able to find all of your notes, all of your posts from 2023 more easily, more. From an archival sense, I, I definitely see it. Um, from a privacy sense, I, I don't. I'd much rather just start a new on a new client. Well, but private. Like, what do you mean by privacy, though? Privacy of what? Just in general, if I'm going to start a new client, I'd rather start a new identity and just yeah. Just be, but you can fresh. absolutely do that. Like, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. Okay, yeah. So it's it's just your own private keys that that, that, that would have that history. Yeah, I mean, and you could use like so. 
you but know. honestly, I'd rather just get rid of everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe that's just how, how I feel in my house right now. I just need to get rid of everything. Okay, you hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> Chimp's tree house is just like full of all kinds of nuts and berries and other things that he's found in this so it's j- like, jungle it's over like, here. So it's like, why keep all that data? <laughs> um, yeah, sure. And when are you ever really going to go through it? And like, what's the point? Well, so I was watching this video from Andy Lee Graham today, the hobo traveler. And, you know, he recently took down his, uh, his social network website that he had up for like several years. And that's okay with me because I mostly enjoyed watching his YouTube videos. That was the main thing. You know, he travels all over the world. He talks about how he's doing it, what kind of places he's staying, uh, just giving travel wisdom. And he had and one of the things that I'd said to him and I'd said to some of the other members of, of that website when he still had it up was that he's, he's got hundreds, if not more than a thousand videos on YouTube. And there's so much wisdom in these videos. And, you know, he's in his sixties now, he's not going to be alive forever. Maybe, you know, maybe he'll be alive another, another several decades and that would be great. But eventually this guy passes on and all of his memories, all of his wisdom could disappear or the alternative, like what I kind of envisioned today was that, or I could, or not me or someone or or these videos, right? Like these hundreds of videos that he's created over the years, revealing his personality, revealing his interests, but also revealing what he knows him talking about the places he's gone to, the things he's experienced. It would be so cool to put that into an AI mm-hmm. and then to have that. I mean, and it's like, it's, you know, it's a little bit creepy at the same time, but it's also, you know, if I was traveling, it would be so cool to be able to ask this, you know, AI Andy, ask Andy, you know, and it was just literally what he calls his little, like, um, you know, what he used to, you know, he used to answer like these emails on his YouTube channel. So he'd call it the ask Andy show. Um, so it'd be great to have an ask Andy AI, you know, that you could ask like, Hey, you know, I want to do this thing. I want to do that thing. What do you think? What do you suggest? Um, and that's, you know, I think there's a lot of potential in that. And so, yes. Uh, what is the point of saving all, all the little crap? Like I've tweeted thousands and thousands of tweets and, you know, most of them probably don't need to be remembered. Uh, and I don't know, you know, I don't really know how we address that, but at the same time, I think it's, a, it's, it also depends on the medium. So like Twitter, uh, maybe I'm, I'm kind of okay with Twitter perhaps disappearing the posts. Although at the same time, it's also interesting to be able to like search my Twitter posts and to see something that I wrote a long time ago. Of course, it's also embarrassing. I don't know. There's some, some, I miss the times when I felt like I was creating content on the internet, uh, I don't know. It's like part of a discussion, like where the discussion seemed like it was part of my life. Uh, then it was an ongoing discussion. So like maybe a live journal post was, you know, it was a part of an ongoing narrative. And now I feel like we don't have personal narrative so much anymore. At least I feel like I don't have a personal narrative. Just like influencers have narratives. Why are you looking up hors d'oeuvres? Trying to spell it correct. I'm trying to be hors d'oeuvres. I, I just have our show title data. Hoarders. Data hoarders. <laughs> Data hoarders. Data hoarders. Uh, the, the hamster and in, in the wheel is spinning in my head right now. So. Yeah. So um, on yesterday's um, podcasting 2.0 episode, there were two, I mean, there was a lot of interesting stuff in that episode, but 
Adam said two particularly interesting things that I wanted to bring up and get your opinions on. One of the things he said was that it takes about two years to build an audience. So what do you think about that? We've been here for one year. We don't have much of an audience <laughs> yet. Uh, so we've got one year I to go. I value everyone. Who, I think everyone's here tonight actually too. <laughs> well, you know, and, and yeah. And to me, I mean, I'm not, I don't do this to get famous. I don't do this to have a bunch of listeners. But you are famous and you do have a lot of listeners. What? That's confusing. Continue. Continue. Um, <laughs> uh, I do it because I love to do it. You know, I love to hang out with you and I don't get out of the house very much. So this is like one of my only opportunities. It's a bit of an anesthetized experience. Yeah, you were just giddy about hanging out at a DMV listening to podcasts. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that is like the, the, the highlight of a potential Saturday coming up. It's like, yeah, man, I'm going to be listening to podcasts while I stand in a line for two hours to renew my driver's license. The other thing he said was that maybe podcasting is only for 3% of the population. But we don't just go back to the first part. Like, oh yeah. We yeah. don't actively try and get an audience. And this was the issue with the band. Yeah. This, is, this is the issue with the other podcasts I've had. Was it an issue? If we're having a conversation about, you know, an audience and all that, like, yeah. So in, in, in that sense, yeah, like I'm not actively trying to get an, an, an audience. Like e even now, um, cause my bandmate is also my coworker and, and, he'll be telling our coworkers about the show coming up and they're like, Oh, Rody didn't say anything. And then he'll look at me like, why do you say anything? I'm like, I don't care. Whatever. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not my job to market. Like it should be, but it's not like, I honestly don't care. Yeah. Um, I guess cause I don't want to set expectations. Maybe that's what yeah. it is. You know, like, like I honestly feel like half the time people are, they're, there to just support you for you and not for your art, I guess you could say. Yeah. But I don't want support for me. I want support for my art. So I'd rather get my audience organically. Yeah. But I also think that therefore a, like a part of that organically is, is feeling as though your product is worthy of like that organic audience. So, I mean, that was one of the things with the band was, um, well, I didn't feel like we had sort of that enough, like of a, of a whole package, you know, to then like try to plant seeds or something like to try to get that, you know, I felt we were always kind of, you know, yeah, we had a lot of great stuff. We had written a bunch of cool songs. I loved, you know, I liked the songs a lot, but we just, but there weren't like enough of them maybe. And I don't know the, I don't know. And then maybe eventually it'll be the same thing with the podcast. I don't know, but, uh, I'm definitely willing to give it another year. <laughs> are, you, are you trying to say we're at the 50 year at the 50 year birthday? You mean the 50% birthday, like the halfway mark? Sure. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. We're I'm at the definitely top, not this saying is the top that. of the hill right here. I mean, I, we can see the city. I love the idea of the, of the night lit, you know? I mean, I, I've thought about like doing a Friday night lit, you know, like I've, you know, I've thought about doing one like every night of the week. They, they don't all have to be like the same format. They could be different formats. Um, so, you know, until I, until it like drives me insane, 
and I can't stand it anymore. Um, Panda just said you have to promote yourself, which I completely agree with you. Like you build your brand, but this isn't to me. It's not like a business. It's, it's art and it's, it's hard for me to promote my art. Especially when it's, it's not it's, finished, right? Or it's, it's like, a mental block and <laughs> it's never going to be finished. That's the well, issue. But, but one of the fascinating things was like, we've done or we're like with, with today or tonight, we'll have done 39 of them. Right. So there is still, you know, there is this, that we, is a nice thing there that the, this the, thing. the episodes are done and they have to be put out. Yeah. It's, it's like, not like you can go back and edit it. So they're not all. perfect. They're not amazing. We didn't like heavily produce them. We didn't script them. We didn't get awesome sponsors, but we did 39 of them. And I mean, there's something notable about that because if I can do 39 podcasts with my friend for fun, then I could probably do a lot of podcasts with like maybe a more specific focus. Like let's say it was, you know, for the, for the nonprofit project, you know, like that there could be a podcast for that. And then, but that might, but that would be like more of a very specific kind of marketing effort because I would, there would need to be money paying for that. Right. Like I, I can't do another show. Like we do, this is Saturday night, right? We'll do this like like my weekend, your schedule is a bit different, but but you work from home on Sunday, right? Or you don't work on Sundays anymore. Why don't you come to brunch, you bastard? <laughs> no, no, you don't, have, you don't have to answer that question. No, that was that was an unfair question of me to ask. Well, so the, the second thing that uh, Adam Curry said on um, podcasting 2.0 was that maybe podcasting is only for three percent of the population. What do you what do you think about that? Um, in terms of people who make podcasts or people who listen to podcasts often, yes, yes. because I, I feel like you could share a podcast with somebody and they'll listen to an episode like, oh, that was a really cool episode about whatever subject, but they may not be someone who listens to a podcast regularly. Yeah. But I mean, how different is it from like, I guess watching a show or something like a documentary. I yeah. Don't I don't know. think it's that different. Uh, it's just a different medium. And, um, I definitely think that the, the video medium, um, like it, th- it makes you think less, you know, when, when the video and the audio are given to you, then there's less, there's less for your mind to fill in. Whereas with the audio, I think there's more for your mind to fill in. So maybe it's a little more demanding on the audience than it is to watch videos. I mean, as someone who's watched a lot of like a lot of things with subtitles, like it's it's kind of hard. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but it depends on the content. If you're watching well, mindless, I, th- I think about this when I w- when I read comic books, and even though I love art, like visual art, I I find myself paying much less attention to the details of the art as I do reading it, yes. as I do to the words being said and to what is happening, you know, so I'm paying attention to what the art is depicting, but I'm but like, it was, I was really thinking about it because, you know, cause I've been listening to, um, cartoon cartoonist kayfabe and I started buying comic books again, uh, spending my money. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about like, man, like, you know, I was reading a uh, Shaolin cowboy and this guy, Jeff Darrow is a really, really, 
you know, I think he's a really good artist. I, I really like his style. The, the, and, and oftentimes he makes these very, very detailed images. So the panels will just have a lot of these, just lots of detail in it of all kinds of stuff that, you, you know, you, you wouldn't usually see in, uh, in a comic book panel, but you would see like if they took a picture of your living room, you know, like you've got all these like hundreds of little things all over the place. And that's kind of like what his artwork is like. I know I'm disorganized. Thanks. And so I'm just thinking like, as I'm reading this comic book, like, man, you know, like I really don't, like I don't sit here and look at all these panels, you know, like I'm not studying them. I'm not taking them in. And I'm the same thing always happens to me because you're in the flow of the story and you don't really want to stop. And that's happened to me a lot where I'm like, Oh, that's a really cool panel next page. <laughs> and then like I've I've had to stop myself and go back. Like, Let me just absorb this scene real quick. And it's true. But then again, if it's something that you really love, you'll go back to it and read mm-hmm. it ideally. But yeah, so maybe podcasting is only for three percent of the population. Uh that three percent is 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 enough. Um, you know, of like let's say of ten billion people, that's uh that's three hundred million people. So I don't know. I feel like that's plenty. A lot I don't of know. people. I, I think a lot of people just aren't exposed to good podcasts because there's some people who who listen to audiobooks and like that's not much different. You know, it, it is a little different. Or there's someone who who just listen to the radio because I'm th- I'm thinking about like commutes in the car or if you're walking or yeah. if you're doing something like I can work out and listen to a podcast like I did today. There's so many things you could do during podcasts versus sitting down and watching. Uh, People don't even watch shows anymore. They have to binge watch them. I, it was funny. Like I, I was at this like kind of event at work and the person was doing an icebreaker and it was like, name three things to describe yourself and the last show you, 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 um, you binge watched. And I seriously could not remember the last show I binge watched. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um. God, I, I think I mentioned the periphery. It was like the sci-fi show. I think I binge watched that. Rug. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I got so many other things on my notes, but uh, I can talk about them next week. We can go long, whatever. Oh, it's just going to go downhill from here though. You want to pack a bowl? What? <laughs> Whoa, chimp, like you're just becoming a degenerate right in front of my eyes. I feel like I'm I'm, going to watch your, you're just, your world fall apart. Now you've seen that happen plenty of times. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about it last week, but didn't really get into it. Have we ever talked about horror films? I don't think so. Okay, let's start with what are your thoughts about horror films? I mean, when done well, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Like when when they really put you in like, when you're really feeling the room and the atmosphere and like the possibility of like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on right now? That's the, that's like, like something like The Shining, for example. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, most of the stuff you see nowadays is just like jump scares. Yeah, and then like there's all these With, endless remakes. Remakes. I mean, this is a problem like really, not just in horror films, obviously, but just in films really in general. Plot lines too. Like I see that they're they're re remaking Willy Wonka. Uh, or maybe this is like a prequel. I don't know. It's yeah. Like how how are you going to how are you going to remake a movie or like relaunch 
like a an intellectual property, so to speak. But Willy Wonka's a horror film, though. Are they changing? No, I know, but I'm just talking like it. I would watch that. Willy Wonka as as a horror film, I'd watch that. Just mentioning the idea of remakes made me think of it. Um, But also sequels. So like they're doing a Pet Cemetery uh, sequel that's coming out, or maybe it just came out. Um, There's an Exorcist sequel like that's coming out, or maybe it already came out. Um, I think about Halloween, which is like one of my I guess guilty pleasures. Um, scream, <laughs> scream, nightmare on Elm street, Friday the 13th. I think oh, Chucky this year is the year I've gone to the movies the most. To be oh, really? In a long time or just Anime ever? Expo. Oh, I mean a long time, I would say. Um, I mean, I mentioned in the past, the, uh, the studio Ghibli every year they do, um, they put out a movie every month from the past, but this is really interesting. This is not it. Is this it? Um, no, this is not it. Chimp, what are you, what are you doing? Here it is. He's duck, duck going. So these, so I mean, I guess that's been really successful because this company, Anime Expo Cinema Nights is putting out these movies in, in theaters, I mean, one of my favorites, Ghost in the Shell, the original. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. And I'm going to go see that in a couple of weeks. Um, these classic films, like, but these are all like psychological thrillers. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really all like, what the fuck is going on? Maybe oh, not Cowboy Bebop, but for sure, Paprika, for sure, the other one, um, Perfect Blue. Oh, Perfect Blue, yeah. Have, yeah. have we ever talked about that? No, I haven't seen it in a long time. That one and like the other one that the same guy did was Millennium Actress. Yeah, yeah. Um, Satoshi Kon. Yeah, so um, he did this one as well. This was his latest one. Oh, I gotta see. He hasn't done one since Paprika. I don't think so. Paprika's like years. And that's his ago. Satoshi Kon. He might be dead. Gotta. Yeah, twenty ten. Oh, he died in twenty ten. I gotta watch his movies. Paranoia Agent. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, you know, he's got a really interesting style. Like his transitions are really cool. Um, His films like kind of bend reality where you're not really sure what's real and what's um, fake or what's uh, like psychological thriller, right? So you don't know like what's being imagined or what's being projected. This is funny because, I mean, I haven't been to the movies in a long time. I've gone the most this year, but I'm not watching anything new. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and this seems to be so successful bringing these old anime films to the theater that more companies are doing it it's not just Ghibli now it's you know like um, films by Satoshi Kon or maybe Cowboy Bebop stuff like that Ghost in the Show so it's I think it's hilarious but well and then this is a bad year to be watching new movies because of the uh, actors and the writers strike that's still going on oh yeah Oh yeah. Do people care? Is that really like a topic of conversation? Um, it's not a topic of conversation. And I, I feel as though um, they have started to release more and more uh, movies and TV shows that are being produced outside of the country by like foreign companies because they can get around the, you know, the strike. Like if it's not, you know, if, if so like, for instance, they they just relaunched the Frasier sitcom what yeah it's like it's on paramount plus and all the actors are british well not except for like one i guess but like almost all the actors are british and 
but most of them are playing Americans. So, I, and I feel like this is not the first time I've seen this happening this year where there, there's a bunch of British people pretending to be American. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I bet just this actor strike. Hollywood is eating itself. <laughs> uh. I mean, this is basically, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? <laughs> but like exporting our, our uh, importing our labor, essentially, like we're going to the rest of the world to fill the needs of Hollywood. Instead of you know putting factories in Mexico or in Vietnam or wherever, now we're just getting talent from other places because we don't want to pay our people here for whatever reason, or this just becomes such bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> kind of hilarious. Yeah, so the death of Hollywood is soon. You think? Um, is, is, is Curry not just talking, uh, talking out of his ass? I would, I, I would love that to be the case, but I, and I definitely, I mean, I can imagine with the, um, like the prevalence of all these streaming apps and these sort of like premium services. So the, the production houses are, it seems to be like they're abandoning cable TV, um, or they're relying less and less on cable TV as their means of making money. And they're relying more and more on these streaming services. But I think that eventually, and I, there was some of that already, but it's, I don't think it's really come to the head where people are like, man, like I cannot handle all these fucking subscriptions. Like I'm subscribed to like 50,000 things. Like, I, like I think of at some point that blows up. I've definitely heard people complain about that, but not to like an extreme. It's just like kind of like topics of conversation. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I don't really, I don't really think it's going to happen right now. I mean, I would love for it to happen, but like if there was never another movie made, like that's big deal. Like there's so many movies have already been made. So many thousands of movies, like just in the English language. So many thousands of movies in the Japanese language, so many thousands of movies in Chinese, Korean, like, et cetera. So yes, I love the idea of filmmaking and I, I, you know, I like that, that movies get created, but we don't need more movies. So I'm okay with like everything just blowing up and us just having to watch old films for the rest of, of life. And our last guest was a filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? So like, then, so then in but that she's ca- talked about like the difficulty and the fact that she's had to raise money. And, you know, if, but she's doing it, right? Like she's doing the legs work and she's not just like selling herself out completely to this Hollywood production system. So would you include films like Dirty Coin, which is coming out soon, um, in that, like... I'd be fine if no more films at all, even. Well, but that's the thing is that, but what I'm talking about is that like, she isn't relying on the traditional way of making movies. You know, she has had to do a lot more like legwork and a lot more, um, a lot more fundraising than what would typically be expected because she is not, um, simply creating something that's fitting someone else's ulterior motive. So then it's not that you wouldn't care if another movie just wasn't made. You, you just, you wouldn't care if another Hollywood film in that traditional sense wasn't made. Yeah, but yes, but that's just, I mean, yeah, if you're trying to nitpick, yes. What I mean is that 
I'm okay with the current business model that, you know, of rent seeking on intellectual media. Like I'm okay with that going away and people having to find new business models to produce their video content. Do you think people would ever go to a theater to listen to a podcast? Like imagine like a mass listening of like an episode. Um, I can imagine that. Like if there was some sort of like really popular show and, you know, maybe it was, they were going to do some live event, like a Joe Rogan, like interviewing Donald Trump or something, you know, like maybe, um, it seems kind of pointless to me. Like, why wouldn't you just listen with nice headphones in your, in your bed or something like that? You get to meet people, people who are also interested in. This yeah. Episode. But I think about like a no agenda meetup and then people don't usually listen to the show during the meetup. They just hang out during the meetup. Like they, that's, that's how they meet the people. So it just seems a little awkward to me to, you know. But, you know, the way people in, in consume the media, a lot of times they're not paying attention to it anyway, and they're just socializing. <laughs> like if you ever go with a group of people to go see a movie, there's always those people who are like just talking to each other the whole time, and then they get distracted. Like Yeah, they're the butt of many jokes. Right. So I don't know. I mean, could that ever be the same for, you know, podcasts or, I don't know. It could, I could definitely, you know, if Hollywood breaks apart and if the recording industry breaks apart, which I guess that would have to be the next, you know, um, <laughs> the next industry to go, uh, it should just get rid of all theaters, just destroy them all. But why, why get rid of theaters? I mean, you, what else are you going to do with them? Well, but I mean, right now, yeah, they're, I don't all think there's films. anything wrong. Yeah. But you see show old films, right? Like I've gone to see Rocky horror picture show. Um, when like when the third Christopher Nolan Batman film came out, like I, I paid to do this, um, trilogy viewing. So like we saw all three movies, like with the last one airing at midnight. Um, and that was, you know, that was like like eight hours of my life. But why can't you just watch it from the comfort of your own home? Well, I could, but, um, but I, you know, I went with friends and there was, you know, so there was like, sort of like, it, obviously with it, part of it was the release of the new one, but we also watched two of the old ones. Um, yeah. So social, yeah, there's a social aspect to it. And, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know, with going to see movies and to be around people who share your interest. So we went to the um, Cinemark up in Western Davie off I-75 in Sheridan. It's the one that's kind of like Egyptian themed. Yeah. Have you ever been there? A long time ago. It's like my right. childhood. And it's still there and it's beautiful. It's so well kept. Everything's nice and clean. Like it still has that same style it feels like it was redone recently, maybe not, but it's still there. It's, it's amazing. And like you, you go to the AMC here in Aventura, like the second largest mall in Florida and it's a piece of shit. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's hilarious. Like I'd much rather go all the way over there, <clears throat> pay the same amount or less, much nicer chairs, fucking motorized chairs. You're not paying extra for that versus the stinky shitty ass AMC over here. That's crazy. So I don't know. I just want to say that. Yeah. AMC sucks. AMC sucks. That is a, uh, I think a great note on which to, to close out our Saturday night. Um, 
I'm kind of happy we didn't talk about like the bunch of depressing things that I have to close out this list. Let's maybe talk about them next week or the week after. Let's see how I'm, I'm, I'm really want to see how some things in this world start to shape up because we're in such crazy times. <laughs> crazy times, crazy times. It's a crazy, crazy world. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Hope you guys had a crazy time tonight. October 14th, Saturday Night Lit. I think we might have to think of a better name than <clears throat> Data Hors d'oeuvres. That works. Data Hors d'oeuvres is okay. This is Chimp signing out. This is Captain Brunch saying safe travels. Oh yeah, don't forget to... Boost! Podcastapps.com.